everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer our medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. Good to be here as always. Yeah, thank you for being here. We're excited. We are launching our 20th season of On Call with the Prairie Doc, the television program. Uh, It's in its 20th season of providing truthful, timely, and tested medical information to the public. Last week was the first television show of the season with all four of you, Prairie Docs. Um, If anyone missed it, you can catch it on the Prairie Doc website or on YouTube. Dr. Cruz, that was a pretty fun show last week. It was a fun show. It was nice to have all four of us on together and talking, and we just had so much fun. The hour went by so quickly, we couldn't believe how fast it went. Yeah, 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 it was was fun to launch that show with with all four of you and to hear some uh, reflections from Joni Holm and... Uh, there was some a little bit of kind of looking back at the past of some old photos. Uh, I think Bob was in some of the photos <laughs> on there. So it was fun to um, see those things popping up throughout the show as well as we kind of get ready for this 20th season. What are you looking forward to about this 20th season of programming? Well, I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, program. We came up with, you know, what topics in medicine are each of us for passionate about and with the four of us it it really helped broaden the things that we're interested in so we're all you know we basically picked our favorite topics to talk about and uh, so basically every show is going to be about something that we're excited to talk about and personally interested in and with the four of us that just made the interest so much broader than Mm -hmm. you know one person's interest uh, so I think it's going to be really good. Lots of new guests, lots of new, you know, things for this show that, um, you know, we po- haven't done in the pri- prior 20 seasons. So, mm-hmm. again, all of us, with the four of us, we have lots of different friends and contacts that we're going to be calling on. And uh, thanks to COVID, we've gotten very good at using Zoom mm-hmm. and Skype for the show and, and kind of gotten used to that technology. So that allows us to bring in some of our experts and friends from across the country. Um, so you know, our main goal is to keep it local, local doctors featured, but local now means South Dakota, not just Sioux Falls or someone who can drive you know, to Brookings for the show. Um, local now means we can bring in docs from Aberdeen, bring in docs from Rapid City, so we can host all of our rural prairie docs that might not otherwise be able to make it in because mm-hmm. of the drive. Right. Yeah, that is really convenient to wherever people are, they can participate, uh, mm-hmm. they can work a day of clinic and still and still make, make it be on the show in the evening, which is which is great. Yeah, well, we are certainly looking forward to the whole season, and um, we'll be sure to keep our up, our listeners updated on shows and topics that are going to be on. Uh, this week's topic is the kidneys, uh, so we're going to dive into that after our break. So if you have questions about the kidneys, or if you have questions about COVID-19 or anything else that's on your 
mind today. I know Dr. Cruz would be happy to answer our questions. So we will be going to our first break shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Skin cancer is the most common cancer in the United States. Unprotected skin can be damaged by the sun's UV rays in less than 15 minutes. Even if it's cool and cloudy, you still need protection. UV rays, not the temperature, do the damage. Anyone can get skin cancer, but some things put you at higher risk. The most common signs of skin cancer are changes on your skin, such as a new growth, a sore that doesn't heal, or a change in a mole. Tips to avoid skin cancer include stay in the shade, especially during the late morning through mid-afternoon, apply sunscreen and reapply every two hours. SPF of 30 or greater is recommended. Have your skin checked regularly and have it checked by a professional at your wellness checks. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. As we mentioned before the break, uh, we are focusing on the kidneys this week on our Pradoc programming. And um, Dr. Cruz, what what do the kidneys do for us? The kidneys do so many things. I mean, uh, most people think about the kidneys as that's where our body creates urine. And then the urine is stored in the bladder and then you pass the urine that way. So they're really important in filtering out things from the body. It's important for... Um, our sodium and potassium and electrolyte balances and it's also important in uh, vitamin D which is important for bone health and, and bone strength it also is the kidneys are really involved in controlling your blood pressure uh, mm. due to what's called the the RAS system or renin angiotensin aldosterone system so uh, it's it's really important kidneys are also important in helping uh, create a hormone called erythropoietin which allows the body and helps stimulate the bone marrow to make red blood cells. So mm. while they're mainly known for um, helping the body create urine, they are important in so many other things that uh, people I don't think appreciate or even really realize. Right, right. I always just remember, you know, learning about the kidneys in school, kind of picturing this bean thing on either yeah. side of your spine and not not knowing too much more except maybe that it kind of filters your blood. Mm-hmm. Um I was reading your essay, and you talk about the kidneys clean approximately 200 liters of blood each day. Isn't that phenomenal? And yeah, amazing? I was trying to visualize 200 liters of blood every day. Yeah. yeah, they're working hard. They are hard-working kidneys, yes. Mm-hmm. They're constantly filtering things out and, and working around the clock. Just like your heart is constantly beating and pumping, your kidneys are constantly filtering. So what are some things we can do to help our kidneys continue to work hard and be so, healthy? Uh, keep them hydrated. Kidneys uh, work well when you have plenty of fluid uh, and drink. A lot of people, are, and me included, are not great at staying hydrated. But if you do that, you run the risk of some, in, some of those uh, 
um, substances in the urine crystallizing and then turning into kidney stones. And kidney stones are incredibly painful. Okay. Uh, so you definitely want to stay hydrated with that. And then um, limiting you know, how much you have on like ibuprofen or Aleve or those other NSAIDs because those can be a little bit hard on the kidneys if you're using high doses over extended periods of time. Now, if ah. you've got a sore knee, you know, or a headache and you, you take it for, you know, two weeks, no big deal. But if you're taking, you know, four pills four times a day every day, then that would be a little bit hard on those. So mm -hmm. there are medications that since the kidneys are one of the places that the body um, filters and breaks down and rids the body of medications. Uh, if it's constantly having to kind of clean up that those medications and break them down, that can be a little hard on them at times. So um, controlling blood pressure is very important to help uh, because high pressure on the kidneys, there's lots of little tubes there. And just like garden hoses don't like to be run with lots of pressure through them or the hoses might split or break or get a weak point, same thing with all those loops um, and tubes in the kidneys. Um, high, high pressure can damage those small little tubes and can cause kidney problems in the long run. So. Uh, this is where good blood sugar control is really important in protecting your kidneys because sugar is a huge molecule and mm -hmm. it has a tendency to kind of poke holes in the blood vessels in the kidneys. Mm. And then if you have that happen, then protein and sugar can spill into the urine and that can be a sign that your kidneys have been damaged by the diabetes. Wow. I'm just like connecting all sorts of dots as you're talking here. Yes. So you talked about the... Um, the you know medications and I was thinking as you were talking about that I was thinking about kids and how we have different doses for kids and I'm sure one of the reasons as you were talking there is because for Tylenol and ibuprofen and such um, it's probably hard on a child's right. kidneys if they mm -hmm. have yeah and people who are on um, dialysis or who have uh, weakened kidneys where they're um, you know there's kidney disease stage one through five mm -hmm. um, for chronic kidney disease if you're at a certain filtering rate where your kidneys aren't filtering those 200 liters of blood because they've been damaged, we have to adjust your medication doses. So people with chronic kidney disease, sometimes we have to give a lower dose than we would give normal people because otherwise it's going to build up in their system and then you can end up with toxic byproducts or problems with too much of a medication floating around that can actually cause more harm than good. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So what are some of the um, signs or symptoms that maybe you're having some problems with your kidneys? Okay. So with that, um, sometimes it can be urine output. If your urine's getting really dark and concentrated, that could be a sign. Uh, a lot of times we find it on blood tests because there aren't always good signs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll, all my patients with high blood pressure, I'm checking their blood work at least once a year to check their kidney function. So, so kidney function can be checked by blood, blood tests. Test. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. Generally by blood tests is how we do it. We check okay. what's called, um, and then we can calculate something called your glomerular filtration rate. So how fast or how much of the kidneys are filtering. It can be done with a... With, um, blood test really? and then we do some calculations the nephrologists are really the kidney doctors are really smart and really good at math okay because there are a lot of equations mm -hmm. and a lot of calculations done when uh, talking about kidneys and especially looking at how much um, salt there is in the blood versus how much salt there is in the urine and you kind of calculate all of this out and they they 
love crunching numbers to figure out how well things are working. Mm -hmm. So um, in my med school class, the people that were really good at math tended to lean into uh, becoming nephrologists or kidney doctors. There you go. So there you go, kids. Math is important. We Very all need to important. Learn math. If you <laughs> right? want to be a kidney doctor, you have got to be excellent at math because there's lots of calculations. Yeah, interesting. And you mentioned earlier kidney stones. Mm -hmm. So what are, I, I understand they're very painful, but what are maybe the early signs that, oh, I'm experiencing this discomfort because of a kidney stone. How do you identify that? Yep. So a kidney stone is literally that. It it, it looks like a piece of gravel or, okay. a, or a piece of sand. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, how can something as small as a piece of sand cause pain? Well, when you think about a piece of sand going through something as tiny as like a cocktail straw, that's going to rough up the inside of the cocktail straw. Your... Um, ureters and urethra, which are the tubes, uh, the ureters are the tubes going from the kidneys to the bladder, are really tiny. Hmm. And you've got a rock literally scraping the inside of this soft, flexible, small tube. So kidney stones hurt when they're moving. When they're not moving, they stop. So a kidney stone is usually something on what we call people's flanks, so kind of the back. So if you kind of grabbed your hands and held around to your back, if it's in one of those areas, that's usually... Uh, where it starts. And usually a kidney stone pain will start to travel as it moves from the kidney down the body. So it may start up high and then start going low and then we'll kind of wrap around to the front. And again, if it's this excruciating knife-like stabbing pain, um, that's usually pretty classic for a kidney stone. In the emergency room, we can pretty much tell just by looking at you because someone with kidney stones just can't sit still Okay. Uh, because they can't find a comfortable position. No position makes it better, makes it worse. We call it the kidney stone dance okay. because they are dancing around in the pain. They yeah. are just writhing because uh -huh. they can't find a comfortable position and they can't escape it until the stone stops moving. When the stone stops moving, boom, it's like the cloud lifted yeah, and everything went away and it's... It's that sudden on and off pain with the kidney stones that is very classic for that compared to other things that would be going on in the stomach or back when people come in with pain. How long do you experience that? Like, does, does it take a couple hours or is this like a, or does it get stuck sometimes and take longer? Or how does yeah, that, it, what do you... it really depends okay. on where the stone is, uh -huh. how big it is, and um, sometimes just dumb luck. I, okay. I've had people where... You know, it passes within a few hours. I've had people where it takes a week. I've had people where they actually have to go to surgery and mm. retrieve it or do what we call a shockwave lithotripsy, where they use shockwaves to break the stones up into smaller pieces that would be able to pass. Uh, okay. So there's lots of different things. Um, if a stone's smaller than four millimeters, so a little bit smaller than a pencil eraser, that should be able to pass. Anything bigger than that generally is not going to pass on its own. It's going to get stuck. And the problem of it getting stuck is your kidneys don't know that there's something blocking the tube and they're just going their own way, filtering those 200 liters of, of blood uh -huh. and making urine. And then all of a sudden that urine's got nowhere to go. So the kidneys start swelling up and getting mm. um, swollen and painful. And that can damage them too because it, it's kind of like your sump pump stopping. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this water's got nowhere to go and it starts filling up your basement and causing lots of damage and problems. So that's why it's also important to get uh, kidney stones checked out and, and treated. Okay, so if you think you are experiencing a kidney stone, you should probably get it checked just I to make sure. I would get it checked out. Yep, definitely. Okay. So we can see about 80% of kidney stones on a plain x-ray. 
Okay. Uh, but most of the time we end up doing a CT scan to see where it's at, to see if the kidneys are enlarged, um, to kind of see if there's any other problems. Uh, because they can be, like I said, it's like a sand of, grain of sand. So trying to find a little speck that tiny on an x-ray, sometimes we can find it. Uh, but definitely on the CT, we can pick up those tiny little specks much easier and look at everything else in the collecting system to see if there's any problems there. So that's usually something that uh, I always tell people, if it's really bad and you're having excruciating pain, go to the ER because one, they can get that imaging done immediately. We don't have to ask for permission at the ER to get imaging done uh, like we do at the clinic. And two, they've got the good medicine. Okay. <laughs> at the clinic, I'm very limited in what I have to help uh -huh. ease your pain. ER's got all the good medications that can make your pain stop. And with a kidney stone, you definitely want that. Uh, it's been described as being equivalent to childbirth. So, mm. you know, men can pass little baby kidney stones, <laughs> yes. but they don't get to hold this cute little bundle of joy <laughs> in the end. But it's as painful. Not, not the same as, reward. <laughs> as natural labor without the same reward. Yeah. So definitely uh, you want to go where they can ease your pain quickly. Okay. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Academic success is an excellent indicator for the overall well-being of youth and a primary predictor and determinant of adult health outcomes. Leading national education organizations recognize the close relationship between health and education, as well as the need to foster health and well-being within the educational environment for all students. If you find your student struggling with classwork, seek help early. The school counselors may be able to direct you to a tutor to help the student stay on course. Also talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to have your student's health evaluated. There is a variety of issues that be, could be causing the poor grades, such as poor sleep or attention deficit disorder. Call today for an appointment. 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we were talking about kidneys and all the amazing work they do for our bodies and kidney stones and um, what causes those and what to do if you think you have some. Let's talk a little bit more about kidneys and uh, kidney failure. What What is kidney failure? So kidney failure is when the kidneys are no longer able to um, filter the urine like they're supposed to. And that's, it's kind of a gradual, it's not a they work or they don't, it's kind of decreasing uh, effectiveness. So there's stage, like I said, stage one, where there's really minimal symptoms. There's a little bit decreased in how much is filtered per minute down to stage five, where you're on dialysis, where the kidneys aren't functioning at all. So it's, it's a continuum. And we like to stop it, you know, and try to, or at least slow down the progression as soon as we find out that it's happening. So 
a lot of people are walking around in stage one and have no clue or idea. Um, usually by the time they're hitting stage three and four, they're definitely seeing a kidney specialist. And stage five, they definitely are because they're on dialysis and need to be followed by a, a kidney specialist. So what are some, some of the things you can do to um, slow that progression? Yep. So that's where your kidney doctor comes in place, um, close monitoring, seeing if there's any medications that could be causing this or making things worse. Um, seeing if there's something that needs to be adjusted with uh, blood pressure control, with blood sugar control. So we're trying to find what's damaging the kidneys in the first place and then trying to modify that um, because once they're damaged, you know, fixing them is pretty hard. It's not like the liver where it can regenerate. Okay. Um, once the kidneys are damaged, it's generally not improving. It's just managing and trying not to make further problems. Okay. And so if you do have kidney failure, um, is dialysis where you kind of start, or how does that? That usually um, gets to the point where, yes, if the kidneys aren't working, then they start building up toxins in the body, and then dialysis uh, basically becomes an artificial kidney. So you hook yourself up either you know, to a dialysis center where we do uh, dialysis through the blood, called hemodialysis, where it, the blood goes out one um, kind of uh, IV site, goes through this machine, gets filtered out through this amazing process, goes through all of these cool um, tubes and, you know, protein solutions and electrolyte solutions. It's fascinating. And then it goes right back in, clean. So basically take it out, clean it, put it back in. And that's usually done about three times a week for an extended session. I think they're like an hour or two or so where they're sitting there. Actually, I think probably longer than that even. Uh, where you're sitting there for an extended period of time, you know, three times a week, which makes it very challenging for these people to go anywhere on vacation because mm-hmm. you need to have this done. And uh, my husband's uh, cousin actually was on dialysis for a while due to a congenital uh, issue that he had until he was able to get his transplant. Uh, and, you know, anytime they wanted to go on a trip, they would have to call ahead, find a dialysis center that would give him permission to go there have his dialysis done, and then kind of had to kind of piggyback every stop on the way so he could get his dialysis. And again, that that takes away from family, that takes Mm -hmm. away from the trip. It really kind of limits where you can go and what you can do. So it really is a a huge time commitment and uh, resource commitment for you and the family because it's not something you can just say, I don't feel like going today, I'll skip it. You have to go. Right. There is... There's another version called peritoneal dialysis that people can do at home uh, where they kind of fill up the abdomen with this fluid that kind of helps suck all the, the bad stuff out of the blood uh, due to kind of differentials in the pressure and the solute concentration. Um, if you remember learning about osmosis in elementary school with the, the colors of dye moving from one solution to another, that's basically how peritoneal dialysis, you fill up the abdomen at night, and then you kind of drain it out uh, in the morning, and that can be done. It's a little bit more involved for the person to do it themselves, but um, you know, if you want something where you're not stuck to a, a center and having to be in one place, I mean, that one you can do on your own. It's not used nearly as much. Um, it's not... I don't believe it's quite as effective, but it definitely works well. And then the uh, other option is kidney transplant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, can you get someone to actually 
either a family member that would be a match for you to donate one of their kidneys because you only really need one. We've got a spare. Okay. Our body was smart giving us a spare. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can take one kidney out. Uh, so you can get what's called a living-related kidney transplant where it's a family member or someone that you know that's donating a kidney to you. And then um, that kidney is uh, taken from that person and then um, is surgically implanted actually in your lower abdomen. And in the front. So they leave your old ones where they are and then they hook this new one up to the bladder Ooh. and it's fascinating. That was actually the first surgery I saw as a uh, college student shadowing. It was amazing to watch this kidney, you know, be in this little silver stainless steel bowl after it's taken out of the donor and flushed out and then, you know, meticulously sewn in place to the new uh, recipient and then watched it pink up, start getting blood and then start seeing urine being produced almost immediately. Oh my goodness. It, it was just, it was magic. It <laughs> yeah. was, I was so in awe of that happening. I completely fell in love with medicine and said, I have to be involved in this. Yeah. This is the career for me. Yeah. So, um, you know, that is, but unfortunately there's not, you know, finding a match from someone who's alive is difficult and finding someone who's willing to part with their kidney, you know, unless you've got a close family relation, uh, you know, someone's not saying, hey, uh, anyone want a kidney? I'll donate mine. You know, mm -hmm. there's generally some connection between the donor and the recipient. Mm -hmm. um, the other option is what's called a cadaver donor. So when someone donates their organs, that organ would go to someone, again, has to match because mm -hmm. you can't just give any old kidney to any old person. There are things mm -hmm. that we have to check for to make sure that it's safe and the body won't reject it, like blood type and, and certain antigens. Um, but that is something kind of fascinating that can be done. But again, there's, there's more on people on the list than organ donors who are donating or even those that donate, is their organ useful and can it be given? So that's unfortunately why we have dialysis is mm -hmm. kind of our, our backup. And many people are in dialysis for many years before they can get the transplant and transplants only last uh, you know, 10, 15 years, maybe 20 if you're lucky. Mm. So it's not a permanent solution okay. because those uh, organs will eventually um, be rejected or stop working because they're not native to the body and your body says this doesn't belong here. So, And then those people have to be on uh, immunosuppressant medication so the body doesn't fight that because it says this isn't me, this doesn't belong here. And then that puts them at higher risk for, you know, developing COVID. Mm -hmm. These are the people that need to get the boosters for mm -hmm. the COVID vaccine, um, you know, and you definitely have to, it, it's been tough conversations with them and their doctors about, you know, do I get the vaccine? Do I get the booster? How do I do this? Mm -hmm. uh, because they are at higher risk. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, not an easy question mm -hmm. and no easy answers. Well, we're going to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this message from Avera Medical Group, Brookings. If you have arthritis, participating in joint-friendly physical activity can improve your arthritis pain, function, mood, and quality of life. Joint-friendly physical activities are low-impact which means that they put less stress on the body, reducing the risk of injury. Examples of joint-friendly activities include walking, biking, and swimming. 
Being physically active can also delay the onset of arthritis-related disabilities and help people with arthritis manage other chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to learn more about managing arthritis. Call for an appointment at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here with us answering all of our questions about the kidney, and uh, we'll look forward to learning more about that at the television show Thursday evening. One quick question, um, Dr. Cruz, before we wrap up today. A caller is wondering if flu shots are available now and if she can get her flu shot and COVID-19 vaccine at the same time. So you would have to call uh, your pharmacy or clinic to see if they received our shipments. I know uh, Avera at uh, Brookings here, we received our shipment this morning. So oh, really? This yes. morning? Yes, this morning. Oh, so excellent. we're all excited. I think we got a partial shipment yesterday for okay. uh, Medicare, Medicaid patients. Okay. And uh, we received a shipment today for uh, private insurance. So I think they're kind of going through and inventorying and getting everything all ready. So Hopefully, yes, very soon. Uh, you would have to see, I don't know if any of the local pharmacies have, but I would assume everyone's getting those in mm-hmm. very quickly and soon because this okay. is the time of year where you want to start talking about that. Uh, can you get the COVID vaccine and the flu vaccine together? The shots, yes. The flu mist, no. So the okay. spray that goes in the nose, since that's a live vaccine, you can't do it at the same time as the COVID. But um any live vaccines and COVID vaccines uh, don't intermix, but the shot and the flu shot and the COVID shot, perfect. You can do them together. Not a problem. Awesome. We can be very efficient that way. There we go. Yes. You got two arms. So <laughs> excellent. Perfect. All right. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This Thursday, September 9th, Prairie Doc host Jill Cruz will be talking with Prairie Doc Deb Johnston and nephrologist Dr. Fazan Saeed with Avera Medical Group Nephrology about caring for your kidneys. So tune in for that tomorrow night on SDPB Television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>